on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Dominic Catronio. Man, going back-to-back days, having Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole face you in a mad Max Scherzer, mind you, coming off the injured list. Oh, man, that's that's... Nobody would want that. And the Brewers go 0-2 in those two games. They lose the opener of the series tonight to the Mets, a 7-2 final. Tough day to spend a Monday. And given the Phillies and the Padres were idle, it means the Brewers just fall back to two and a half games, but essentially three and a half games with only 15 to go. Now it's getting to the point where you need a winning streak first and foremost, and two, the other team doesn't have to play that bad, and they can still get in unless you go on an insane run down the stretch. It's going to be tough, and this is one you have to hammer down, flush it as quick as possible, and get ready for a bullpen day tomorrow because it's not going to get any easier. Yes, you got the Mets. you got you got to win the next two against the Mets. You can't survive unless you're going to win every game the rest of the year. Then you go to Cincinnati for four. You're almost requiring a sweep at this point for the weekend in Cincy. And then the Cardinals. And, you know, it's going to be tough to say a split's going to be okay. Depending on who you get, you're at this point where your back is so against the wall. Winning as much as you can is all that matters at this point. 855-616-1620 is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Again, 855 616 one six twenty. You can also tweet me at Dom underscore Catronio, D O M underscore C O T R O N E O. In fact, one fan already agreeing with that take, saying, "Look, you're three back in a loss column now. Even if the Brewers went ten and five in the final fifteen, all that Philly and San Diego would have to do is go five hundred. Yeah, that's why not building any equity in these last two games, a sweep would have gone such." A long way yesterday. And Craig Council talked about it after the game, too, saying, well, we had a lead, and it was frustrating to see it wither away, but that's how good that offense is on the other side. And then tonight, you're running to Max Scherzer, six perfect innings coming off the injured list, coming off of an oblique. You're thinking, oh, okay, well, I mean, you know, he's going to be limited. Maybe he works some counts, and it was clear that he was on from the jump. He was commanding the zone. The Brewers had to swing early. Otherwise, they were going to fall behind and strike out a million times. It was almost a a mini win that in six innings, he only had nine strikeouts only, right, with air quotes around that. What did they? It's Max Scherzer. And if you want to say, well, what's going wrong with Corbin Burns? The home run ball bit him again. And I also want to tip my cap to the Mets. They're one of the hardest teams to strike out in baseball. And this was a, a bad matchup for Corbin Burns, given he's such a swing-and-miss guy. But when you look at total strikeouts, just overall, the Mets have the third-fewest strikeouts as an offense in the National League. The only ones fewer, St. Louis and Washington. So Corbin only having four strikeouts is less of an indictment on his ability, but more on the Mets' approach. I mean, I I think the final tally was six full counts against Corbin Burns. They were very patient. 100 total pitches, 64 strikes. What say you? What do you think? Was it a Burns loss? Was it a hanging changeup to 
Pete Alonso, that was all of the game. Ty and Oshkosh think so. Do you think the Pete Alonso homer carried the game, and what was the point of putting Peter Strzelecki in? I thought they should use him late in the game since he's been reliable. Yes, the Pete Alonso. I mean, look, when picture yourself in the Mets dugout, right, and you're watching Max Scherzer be Max Scherzer again. You didn't know what you were going to get out of him. And then you get some tra- – and to be fair, Burns was dominant the first three innings, too. That first time through the order, almost nothing against him. So you're thinking, all right, ace off. Here we go. Let's have some fun, right? Well, things started to escalate quickly. A couple of runners on, a a couple of weird plays, and then boom. Home run, Pete Alonso. If you're in that Mets dugout and you see that, oh, Max is on and we just got a 3-0 lead, it's kind of like how the Brewers felt on Saturday night against the Yankees, right? Oh, Willie Adamas, three-run homer, and Woodruff is on. This game's over. That was the feeling. The Mets got to enjoy it tonight. The Brewers enjoyed it on Saturday night. And Ty, for the other half of your uh, your text in here, why do they use Peter Strzelecki? Well, they needed to get an inning somehow. But the good news is, with tomorrow being a bullpen day, Matt Bush is back and available. You haven't seen him. He was available in Sunday's game. They just didn't get a chance to use him. Uh, you'll have Devin Williams rested. You'll have Taylor Rogers rested. You'll have Hobie Milner rested. Trevor Gott's probably on his way back soon. Jake Cousins pitched in the game yesterday, so you, you save Perdomo, you save Suter. So there's depth. There's enough to move for Strzelecki. But Strzelecki is not a primary piece of the high-leverage bullpen yet. He's been good, but he's not quite at that Rogers bush Williams reliability levels, and even Boxberger at this point, too. So, good question there as well. Doug also chiming in, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. One guy lived up to the pitcher's duel, but it was the wrong one. Burns has not been Burns, which means the Burns are going nowhere. Does Council have something against Tyrone Taylor? He hits homers, Mitchell strikes out, and he chooses strikeouts. Why play your best players? It's simple. Well, look. When it comes to Burns, Burns had an off night again. He went flashback to the inconsistent Burns, and really the big swing, I think, just rattled him from there. The the Pete Alonso homer couldn't get out of the sixth inning, still threw 100 pitches. But for the Tyrone Taylor versus Garrett Mitchell debate, Tyrone strikes out a lot too. It's just he's done more with the bat lately that makes you think, oh, he's a better hitter. Neither one of them have been doing a lot with the bat as of late. Garrett had the walk-off, which was great uh, the other night. He was putting bat on ball over the weekend against the Yankees. And it's not just Craig Council filling out the lineup card. The front office is involved. And if you've been watching for 147 games, Doug, you'll know they're always, almost always going to favor the left-right matchup. Almost always. And let's also be honest. It's Max Scherzer on the mound. Max Scherzer is a very, very, very good pitcher. And a hat tip to him as well. 200th career win tonight. All right. We got a lot of t- a lot to cover. There are a couple of silver linings. Rowdy went yard again. Yelich stayed hot. Wonder what the Brewers can do. Where is the spark going to come from? I want to hear from you. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. One-two pitch. Rowdy, a fly ball. Right center field. Back. Track. And gone. Rowdy Telez with number 32, and the Brewers on the board. It's a 5-2 deficit. That made them feel like they were in it again. It kind of felt like the Yankee game for a moment, right? And then 
two more runs by the Mets really put that thought out of the out of your minds really quickly. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. <sighs> yeah. After all that euphoria over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, to come back down to earth against the Yankees yesterday, and then this one tonight. <sighs> I get it. I see it on Twitter. I see it on social media. A lot of folks are asking which team's going to show up. But once again, there are a lot of teams that would go 0-2 against Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer's. However, not many teams would be able to bounce back to win the next two. That's what the Brewers absolutely have to do. Where do you look to see who's going to be the spark? Who's going to be the guy that needs to get the Brewers going in the right direction? It was Willie. Willie had his... Hitting streak snapped. He went 0 for 4, three strikeouts yesterday. His eight-game hitting streak is over. He's hitting just shy of 300 in the month of September. He's been great. He's been a spark plug, but he needs some help. Yes, Christian Yelich hit a couple of doubles. They both came in the final three innings of the contest. Hunter Renfro went 0 for 4. Rowdy Telez hit the home run. Colton Wong 0 for 3. Kutch 1 for 3. Jace, Caratini, Mitchell all 0 for 3 against a very good starter in Max Scherzer. Where do you think the spark needs to come from? 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. As we welcome in Vinny Rettino here on the show, I'll, I'll pose the question to you, Vinny. Where do you see the spark coming from? Where did the Brewers need to get the guy, need to get the production from their lineup to make them believe in this final 15 games that they can pull off something special here? Yeah, so the easy answer is Christian Yelich, right? I mean, just because we've seen this a bunch. One, when he hits, when we've seen that version of Christian Yelich from 2018 and 2019, this team really is just a different team offensively. Um, he had a couple of doubles tonight. I would love to see him go deep, right? I mean, Carlos Carrasco is a guy that's going to try to get you to chase outside the zone with a bunch of sliders, a bunch of change-ups. He's got a 93, 94-mile-hour fastball, not going to overpower you, but it is it is the chase that he gets outs with. And so you, you know Yelich isn't going to do that. A bunch of these guys in this lineup are not going to do that and chase outside the zone. So, you know, I'd love to see Christian Yelich get a mistake out over the middle of the plate and drive it out of here. And, again, when he when he hits and when he hits for power, this team really does go. The, the, the way I push back, though, Vinny, is that Yelich is a leadoff man. I mean, with sure. the way that the bottom third of the order has been playing as of late, it, it, it's – not really been turning over to him. Granted, they had a good weekend in that regard, but overall, I mean, Caratini and Narvaez, no matter who the catcher is, you can tell those guys are gassed right now here in the Mm -hmm. final two weeks of the season. Uh, Garrett Mitchell has not really been getting on base. He got the hat trick tonight. Tyrone's hitting homers, and he had a couple of doubles over the weekend, but then the Brewers still couldn't move him over a couple of times this past weekend as well. So it's just, I like the Yelich call, but then it does kind of go twofold in that the bottom third of the order, this lineup needs to have length and not just fall off after the Telezes and the Renfros of the order. Because, look, I, I talked about it yesterday that Renfro, McCutcheon, Telez, they're all hitting under 200 in the month of September. And I believe, for me, it's got to be one of those guys. It's got to be a Renfro. It's got to be a McCutcheon. Somebody in that middle of the order to wake up and continue this offense and continue to line up to go through one through nine, just not just one through four. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a point well taken. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, 
understand how cold those guys are. Uh, you know, Rowdy going deep tonight does get him off the schneid a little bit. He was hitting under 200 um, for the month of September. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is this is what it is, Dom. I mean, after watching tonight's game, it, it's a Max Scherzer absolutely just dominating this team. He's a big game pitcher that could sniff a playoff um a, a playoff berth and he he delivered in a big way for the, the the new york mets coming off an injury 68 pitches six perfect innings i mean it was pretty impressive actually to watch i mean at some point you got to tip your cap um they did show a ton of fight yesterday against the yankees and they tr- they showed inklings of that as well after scherzer left the game with you know getting the two runs in the top of the or the bottom of the seventh unfortunately couldn't put that shutdown inning together in the in the top of the ace um but they did show fight and i i just think this offense is is coming off too good of a of a role against the yankees that they're just all of a sudden going to be shut down and not going to score runs especially again i, I think they're going to score runs off carlos Carrasco. it's a good matchup tomorrow so again if they can if they can even the series tomorrow they can score a bunch of runs maybe an easy victory is in the cards right um, that that they they should be able to take that momentum into that game three against the Mets, but I hear you. It's imperative that they they win this series somehow, some way. It, it's especially would be nice to have an easy victory on a bullpen day with Aaron Ashby getting activated off the IL tomorrow. Not quite clear on how long he's going to go in this game tomorrow. More on that a little bit later. Uh, a few more texts coming in about asking who the spark is going to be. Uh, Ty from Oshkosh saying that Keston should be put in. He hasn't had many chances lately. I, I, I flip-flop on that. I want to see Keston succeed, but the amount of swing and miss in that bat, kind of like we're seeing with Garrett Mitchell right now, is just like, man, you want to see him succeed, but there's been enough of a sample size to say, well, teams have figured him out. They keep throwing to the top of that zone. I want it to be fixed, but Keston hasn't made that adjustment. Another tweeter saying it should be Tyrone Taylor, and Doug was texting in saying that, you know, and now he's you know going nuts on the on the text line. Doug, we need to chill, brother. But the the thought of Tyrone Taylor and Garrett Mitchell, I think Tyrone should be getting a few more abs. But with the righty lefty thing, we've seen this over and over again. What, what do you think about all this of, of the spark candidates that I just laid out for you? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to bag Garrett Mitchell ninth, and you're just going to rely on that defense, and that's what he's going to bring to the table, I think the Garrett Mitchell play is probably the right one. However, we did see Tyrone Taylor kind of come alive a little bit, especially ever since that. Um, Arizona Diamondback series where he did hit a couple of home runs, um, but yeah, I, I it's tough. I, I'd love to see, you know, honestly, a spark not on the offensive side, but just could be the bullpen. Just have an absolute great day tomorrow, a shutdown day. You have Trevor Gott coming, so they'll probably empty the the clip a little bit, empty the holster a little bit with the guys that they're going to throw tomorrow. You probably see a lot of Brent Suter, Luis Perdomo probably come again. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's another one. It could be just the idea of, of Aaron Ashby being healthy and, and getting a little bit of a, a nice outing tomorrow and, and have his stuff be crisp and the and, and the velocity be there. That's going to be a big story for tomorrow's game as well. But um, yeah, they got to find a spark somewhere offensively. I, I, again, I think you know after watching them play against the New York Yankees, I think you know they're still. You know, there's, there's still, ha- they still have some momentum from that series in order to, con- you know, carry that over into tomorrow's game. Yeah, there's reason to believe and there's reason to see it, right? We've seen the signals of it, 
but it just hasn't been consistent, right? The Brewers right. haven't had longer than a four-game winning streak the entire second half. They've had one four-game winning streak in the second half. They had a five-game winning streak, which is their longest of the year, which hasn't been since April. So once again, the Brewers need to flip that switch as soon as possible. And maybe watching the Mets celebrate on their field will kick them into gear a little bit. we got plenty more to come with Vinny Rotino talking about celebrations, talking about the league, talking about tomorrow's matchup with the bullpen day, talking about Adrian Hauser on Wednesday. Plenty more to come on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Here it is. Vogelbach lines one to the gap in left center. It's going to be an extra base hit for him. Lindor is in. Vogelbach with a big two-out double. That's things when the old friend gets it done. Oh, Dan Vogelbach, the glorious human. He's got Burns' number a little bit this season. I'm Dominic Catronio with Vinny Rotino. I mean, Big Dan's got a double now and a homer off Corbin Burns this season. That old teammate love not giving him any sort of a... Uh, any sort of love, right? For no love lost between old teammates, right, Vinny? Yeah, he's got. So he's a fun. He's a fun player to watch. Uh, he's a fun hitter to watch. I mean, all you young hitters out there, just watch how how he does not swing at ball at balls. He doesn't swing at balls outside the zone. That's why he he does have Corbin Burns' number a little bit. Talk about a guy who relies on Chase is Corbin Burns. But he's doing it a little bit different way than most guys that are relying on Chase. He's doing it with a 97-mile-hour cutter that is moving off the plate just at the last minute. That's how good Vogelback is, that he can discern ball from strike, even with that great cutter that Corbin Burns does have. Uh, but, yeah, he definitely got him tonight. That was a that was a big hit, right? I mean, that was a really big hit. It, it, uh, at 3 nothing, you thought, you know, the Brewers still were in it. And then once it got to be... You know, the 5 nothing. then, you know, at that point, especially with how good Scherzer was going, you, you thought the game was probably out of reach. Yeah, it happened really fast. And it, with Max Scherzer, like you said, I mean, Max Scherzer was on tonight. If you had even got maybe a couple of base runners early against him, you would feel a lot better. But it was even more debilitating. Every strikeout, every just, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, he's on, 96. Oh, no, oh, gosh. It just happened so fast. But getting back to the... Text line here, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Bob, when we ask about who's going to be the spark, who do you need to see from in the final 15 games, Bob texting in saying he thinks it comes back to the pitching and specifically Burns. He seems to be getting tired seeing this with the other pitchers around the league. Their strongest thing was the pitching. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Bob. And for Corbin to have a tough start, another clunker like this, against a really good team, right? We've seen this in the last oh, six or seven starts where it's like he'll be good for two and then back down to earth for two. Really good for one and then back down to earth for one and look more like a league average guy as opposed to the reigning Cy Young Award winner. So what do you see from Corbin as that's led to his uh, trouble? Is it just the lack of chase as of late? What do you see? No, I, I I definitely agree with Bob. I mean, at the end of the day, I think Corbin Burns is getting a little bit tired. I mean, he's been ever since um, you know, he gave up seven runs on you know the twenty third of August against the Dodgers, and he really hasn't. He's had one outstanding start in that meantime against the San Francisco Giants. You know, you could say that he was helped by you know that was a tough travel day for the Giants. There were some shadows involved with, for the Giants. I mean, Corbin Burns is still. I still love Corbin Burns. I still think he's a top of the rotation guy. I still think he's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. I think a little bit he's getting tired. 
and when he is making mistakes over the middle. The more mistakes he makes over the middle, the more he gets hurt. I mean, we saw this in 2019. He was one of the worst pitchers in all of baseball because he was just kind of a thrower, and there was a ton of balls out over the middle of the plate. He was relying primarily on his stuff. He got really, really good. He got to win the Cy Young Award because he learned how to command the baseball. He learned how to command that outstanding stuff, especially that cutter. Every once in a while, we see that cutter just kind of get laid out over the middle of the plate. Last year, he he very rarely did that. He only gave up seven home runs last year. Or was it eight? Uh, he, he just he ate home runs all of last year. Yeah, it, and this year it's been 23. So that's the difference, really, at the end of the day. It's mistakes out over the middle of the plate. I do think fatigue probably has something to do with it. I also think Dom and Bob and everybody, I, I think it's a matter of, you know, there hasn't been many easy games for this team either. We talk about this a lot. There hasn't been a ton of easy games where the team gets out to an early lead or a big lead, and then you can kind of coast through the game. It's been just, you know, so tight. Every pitch matters, and that that definitely affects the pitching staff. It feels like this team has been playing, you know, do-or-die games, playoff-type games since, like, mid-August, right? That's got to wear on an entire club. And then seeing... On the other side, the Mets clinch a playoff spot because the Brewers lost to them tonight. And the Mets, I mean, it's really kind of twisted a little bit, is the fact that they just did a champagne toast. They kept things low-key because they want to win the division. They have their sights set on the top. So normally teams would be spraying champagne and going nuts and doing other No, no, no. Job's not finished. Does that, does that boil your blood in the other clubhouse, doing it on, on your home field? It does, and it would more if it was more of a full-blown, you know, you know, spraying the champagne, dogpiling on the pitcher's mound type of a thing. But similar to the Brewers last year, when they clinched, they didn't celebrate until after they clinched the division um, instead of just a playoff berth, right? So, I mean, they are bat- they are in a battle. The Mets are in an absolute battle against the Atlanta Braves. These are really two really good clubs battling for that NL East title. Uh, but yeah, you know, you never want someone to to clinch a playoff berth on your home field, right? I mean, um, hopefully the Brewers can be doing that in a couple of weeks. Um, I think it's going to go down to the wire for the Brewers. They have four more games left against really good teams, right? They have four games left against two against the Mets and then two against the Cardinals, and then the rest of the way it's 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 not that grueling, right? I mean, four against the Reds. Believe it or not, four against the Marlins. I know we talk about the Marlins pitching pitching staff a lot, but believe it or not, the Marlins, since the trade deadline, they have the worst team in baseball. I, I had to double-check that, but since the trade deadline, which is basically your team for the rest of the season because you trade away your either your prospects or your stars, and they have been the worst team record-wise in all of baseball, the Marlins. So, you know, hopefully the Brewers can take advantage of those eight games against the Reds and Marlins and maybe sneak in. I, I will counter you with one thing about the Marlins. You, you're going to see Sandy Alcantara. Yep. You're going to see uh, Rogers. You're going to see Lopez because it's a four-game series. Yep. Those are going to be classic you know, Milwaukee Brewer-type games because the Miami Marlins are literally the worst offense in baseball. They have scored 162 runs in the second half. 
The Dodgers have literally scored double the runs in the second half than what the Marlins have. 323 runs coming into tonight. Well, that's including tonight, rather. So uh, pretty wild stuff that the Marlins, the Brewers are going to have to be prepared for low-scoring affairs unless they can get to the Alcantara's, get to the other guys uh, aside from that because every single one of those games is going to matter down the stretch. Uh, Looking ahead to tomorrow real quick, Vinny, Aaron Ashby, what should we expect what do you want to see from him to prove he's healthy? And who would be your first, if the Brewers get an early lead, who's the first guy you're calling on out of the bullpen? So I want to see two innings. I just want to see two innings with velocity from Aaron Ashby. If you can get a third inning, that's a total bonus. But you got to remember about this kid's future, and you also got to remember that he he's probably going to pitch, if he shows healthy yet tomorrow, he's probably going to pitch some important innings down the stretch here in order for the Brewers to, to get into the playoffs. So I would protect his arm. I do want to see Velo. I do want to see two innings. Of course, you want to see scoreless innings, quick, efficient innings. First guy out of the pen for me, uh, I mean, you're going to have to cover a lot of innings here, right? So, I mean, honestly, I, I'd like to see a Brent Suter get out there for a couple. Um, Luis Perdomo get out there for a couple. Um, I mean, can't really throw – uh, Topa, but you know, he just threw tonight. Strzelecki threw tonight. I mean, this is going to be a tough, tough one tomorrow. You're going to rely on Brent Suter for at least two, maybe three tomorrow. Yeah, and for Perdomo, he just served that role well last week in St. Louis with three innings in the bullpen game on Tuesday. So we'll keep that in mind moving forward. All right, the Brewers fall 7-2 to tonight, but back at it tomorrow at 640 with the Mets. And you can catch Vinny Rotino on Valley Sports Wisconsin with the pre- and post-game shows as well. Vinny, always appreciate your analysis, my friend. I won't be with you on Brewers Extra Innings tomorrow, but we'll uh, see you over the weekend as the uh, Brewers get ready to take on the Reds. All right? Perfect. Sounds good, Dom. All right, Vinny Rettino joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. More to come as we have reaction from Craig Council in a little bit. Also highlights a little bit later. More of your texts and tweets here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. The Brewers fall 7-2 to the Mets tonight. Max Scherzer was good. Pete Alonso was great. Corbin Burns was eh. But flush it, move on, get ready for tomorrow. Brewers are 78 and 69. Mets are now 94 and 55. They have clinched a playoff spot. They are still a game up on the Atlanta Braves right now in the East race. They still have another series head to head next weekend. So that race is going to get very, very spicy. Elsewhere in baseball tonight, not much happening. Dodgers have opened up a 5 nothing lead on the Diamondbacks right now. They're in Chavez Ravine in the fifth. Uh, the Rockies and the Giants in lame duck baseball, that's 7 to 5. Rockies with the lead uh, in the top of the eighth inning at Coors. Marlins offense woke up with 10 runs tonight, 10 to 3 over the Cubs. Astros clinched the AL West, 4 nothing victory over the Rays. Uh, the Mariners got back on track with a 9 1 win over the Angels. They have clinched uh, at least a 500 season. I don't think they're going to lose each of the last 15 games, but uh, Seattle's having a heck of a year. Cleveland beat up on Minnesota 11 to 4 and Atlanta beat Washington 5-2 and the Orioles were shut out at home by Detroit 11 to nothing by the Tigers. So looking at the standings, every division is just about clinched except for the Central. The Cardinals are currently eight and a half games up and they're getting ready to start 
a series in San Diego with three against the Padres. And that will obviously be of uh, importance to the Brewers to watch as they've got these final two with the Mets, and then they've got the weekend with the Reds. And to furthermore that, San Diego will also have to face uh, another a tough opponent in going to Coors. Never know what can happen at Coors. They'll go there before facing the Dodgers one more time next week. So they certainly can come back down to earth in the meantime when the Brewers try to get back on track here starting tomorrow against the Mets. And a good a good text rolling in, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line again, 855-616-1620. Mike in Colorado, appreciate it. Brewers, got to hope the Mets are hungover tomorrow. Amen to that. <laughs> I mean, that's a real thing, man. You know, after you're winning a division, have a few drinks, maybe a couple guys celebrate a little too hard. Now, it doesn't look like they're celebrating hard at all. They're in the playoffs. They're good. Very professional about it. And you know Buck Showalter is not going to let it get out of hand. They don't want to go nuts when they clinch the division, kind of like Vinny was talking about the Brewers did last season. So when we look around at the rest of the league, it is kind of wild to see how many races are happening, how much things are rolling with, you know, the divisions are pretty much decided, and quite frankly, the wild card participants are pretty much decided. The only thing left to chance at this point is are the Brewers going to get in, and who is going to win the NL East? And I'm I'm ready to almost I mean probably not, but I'm ready to almost call in the American League Central. Cleveland's up four games on the White Sox. I don't think the White Sox have it. I've been saying that for a while now. Cleveland's still eight and two in their last ten. I mean Cleveland's really darn good. But anyway, we're going to get to the Accident Mortgage Talking Text Line as well. we got a caller calling in as well. Mike in Illinois, you want to talk a little Craig Council and want to talk about the rest of this uh, lineup card. Mike, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. All right, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I'm concerned about – I'm not concerned. I think, I think it's over. I think they got mounted up a whole bunch of wins. My problem is with Council starting Jason Alexander, continue to start Jason Alexander. He's just a tomato can of a pitcher. Yesterday they got four runs off of uh, Cole, and uh, he just blew it up. I mean, I'm really just – can't he put someone else in besides him against Cole? Because that was a missed opportunity. Like you said, they should have swept the Yankees with what they got off of Jared Cole in the first uh, – in that third game. And then my second question is, why is Renfro still playing? Uh, he's done nothing – in this whole month of September, why is he not benched yet? I don't get it. I wish, I wish he could do better, but he hasn't. Tonight he was like 0 for 4 with a bunch of strikeouts, but it doesn't look good. Like you said, I said 90 wins three weeks ago. Uh, they need to go what, 5, uh, 12 and 13 and 5, something like that, right? I mean, it doesn't look good. Not giving well, they up. Gotta go, they got to go. They got to go twelve and three to make it to ninety wins now. Uh, but let me. Let me. I mean, thanks for the call. First of all, uh, as well, Mike. Appreciate you chiming in here. But when it comes to Jason Alexander, look, there's nobody else healthy. I mean, I mean, Eric Lauer on the injured list. Ashby getting activated tomorrow. Uh, Freddie on the injured list. There, there's nobody else. I, somebody that could give you hopefully two times through the order, which is all the Brewers were going to ask of him yesterday. As you saw, they weren't going to let him face Judge a third time, and Judge was on one of his Judge games yesterday. I don't think anybody was going to stop Aaron Judge yesterday. But Jason's healthy. I mean, he can eat 
three, four innings while you give away to the bullpen. The problem is the middle relief bullpen has been slumping as of late, and the Brewers were trying to cling on to that 4-1 lead, and the home runs by Judge and Rizzo got them right back into it. They smelt blood in the water, and then that weird inning with all the singles and the error by Wong, uh, that, that wasn't completely on Alexander, in my opinion, and plus the bullpen was already in the game at that point. Hobie Milner couldn't get Anthony Rizzo, which led that floodgates to open up. I don't blame Jason Alexander or Craig Council for that. It's just has arm is healthy will pitch. I mean, it's that time of the year. The Brewers have very few healthy arms. And on the other half of that, when it comes to Hunter Renfro, yeah, I, I, you, you heard the show earlier. I said, look, someone's got to wake up in that middle of the order. Kutch, Renfro. Yes, Telez hit a homer, but he's been only hitting homers. You know, we haven't seen many sustained offense from the middle of the order. Even Colton Long has cooled off quite a bit as of late. So it's got to come from somewhere in that spot. And the reason why he's not benched is because, quite frankly, I mean, that means you got to put Tyrone in right, Mitchell in center. Do you put Kutch in right? You're probably not going to do that. It's It's still, honestly, the best option at this point. And that's... When the offense is cold, it gets ice cold. But when Renfro's hot, we saw it in Boston. We saw it in the beginning of August. He can carry a team. But right now, he's he's on one of those cold stretches. So it, it is what it is, and I understand the frustrations. I, again, appreciate the call there, Mike. If you want to participate in the show, 855-616-1620. We'll be with you for another 20 minutes or so, 20-ish minutes or so, going to the top of the hour here in Milwaukee. All right, we're going to hear from the manager coming up next, hear what Craig Council has to think about Max Scherzer, what he has to think about his offense, and plenty more on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. 7-2, Mets win over the Brewers. Hey, at least it wasn't a shutout in a perfect game like it was looking through six innings. Mad Max activated off the I.L., and he was mad, but he was extremely effective. Six perfect innings, nine strikeouts. Coming off the injury, that's the only reason why he was pulled from the game. They had him on a pitch count. They didn't want him to stretch it because if the Mets go like they hope they go, they're going to go deep into October, and they're going to need both a healthy Scherzer and DeGrom if they want to pull off a pennant chase like they're hoping for. Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council, about Max Scherzer and the rest of tonight's game. Well, he pitched good. He pitched very, very good. Um, Didn't give us many pitches to hit. Uh, Lots of strikes got ahead of us. Let's see, we, we didn't do anything against him, so he pitched very well. He knew going in, obviously, that his pitch count was going to be low, right? I mean, with, with coming off the IL and everything, or was that not an expectation? Just kind of let the... Well, I don't mean, I, don't, I mean, that, you know, that, that doesn't affect what you're doing. you got to go have good at-bats and try to get on base, and, well, you know, that I don't think that affected anything. There was some loud contact early. McCutcheon hit one real hard, and the, the second Jace got into it. Yeah. Then after that, did it feel like he almost got a little better? Um, I mean, I, you know, I mean, he, he struck the first two guys out of the game, so I mean, he was, you know, he was, he was pitching well. Um, you know, we, we, the balls we made contact just kind of just some lazy fly balls. A couple balls hit hard. You're right, um, but you know, not. You know, other than those two balls, not much hit hard either. Corbin was kind of matching him pitch for pitch those first couple of innings. What seemed to change for him there? Well, I mean, it's one pitch, really. I mean, nothing. You know, the 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 ball McNeil hits. You know, he threw a good pitch to Lindor, uh, base hit. Uh, the ball McNeil hits. You know, they they didn't run on three two first pitch, and they run the second pitch and just hit it in the right spot, and then. 
Alonzo hit a you know pitch below the zone for a home run. You don't see him throwing any changeups to right-handed hitter. I think it was a changeup. Yeah. Um, just trying to keep the guy off balance. Yeah, I mean, I think he just thought that, you know, just, you know, he had the second time around and just show him something he didn't throw. He, you know, he hit, hit a ball for a home run and, you know, was, he, he executed it. Just, it was below the zone and tip your cap. When they go to their pen and not, you guys kind of jump right away, uh, do you feel like kind of a new game? No. Well, yeah, we. I mean, we got two, and we made it a three-run game, and um, you know, we had no one out, and hopefully try to get something going. But they, they, um, McGill, you know, squashed just that inning, and then they they come back and, you know, unfortunately, score two more. Yeah, that's an exact point I was going to make. That as soon as Serzer got out of this game, there was a little bit of energy. That double by Yelich. All right. No more perfect game. Just wrap it up immediately, the thought of a combined perfect game. And then you remember, hey, it, it's still a game in reach with one swing of the bat, and that's exactly what happened with Rowdy Tillez. So you make it a three-run game, three innings ago, with the way your offense was rolling. If you can find a way to get to that Mets bullpen before Edwin Diaz, you know, out of Onovito or McGill, if you kept getting to them there in that seventh inning, whomever it was, the Brewers had to avoid Edwin Diaz. I think that's what stings the most about this loss. The Brewers lose, and the Mets didn't even need to use their closer, which means he's obviously available tomorrow and on Wednesday because the Mets aren't just going to fall flat now. They are in the heat of it when it comes to the NL East race. They're only a game up. Every single game matters for the Mets just like it does for the Brewers. So don't think that Oh wow! They're you know Brewers got two on and and one out in the eighth inning. Buck Showalter's going to Edwin Diaz, y'all. He's gonna go to his best because he needs every single win he can get at this point. Yes, they've clinched a ba- playoff berth, but they need they need that that win in the division and to avoid that first round wild card because it works twofold for the Mets, you know. They will undoubtedly, whoever wins the East is undoubtedly going to be the second seed in the race. So the way things would line up, too, if the playoffs started today, it would be the Dodgers and the Mets having the bye, St. Louis hosting Philadelphia for a three-game series, and then Atlanta hosting San Diego for a three-game series. And then the matchups would be San Diego and Atlanta matched up with the Mets for that series, and then, or sorry, sorry, I beg your pardon, San Diego and the, and the uh, Braves would match up with the Dodgers because the part of the deal is that the one seed is now guaranteed to not see a division winner until the championship series. You can thank the Dodgers and Giants last year for that, given the Giants won the division, but then essentially had to face the Dodgers, and now all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, 200 win teams in the division series? That's not right. Uh, but then you look at the rest of things for the for the National League playoffs. If the Brewers can find a way in, they still got to go to St. Louis. Right? You're going to see Wainwright. You're going to see Montgomery. You're going to see Flaherty, probably. Yes, they put Jordan Hicks on the IL, but I imagine he would be activated for the postseason. <sighs> That's not going to be easy either. All right. Just a little little rant there. It's going to be tough.
15 to go. They need at least 10 wins to have any shot in these final 15. They probably need 12, but they need 10. But it starts with one at a time, and it starts tomorrow. Cookie Carrasco against the bullpen day of Aaron Ashby and the Brew Crew. All right, let's talk about the highlights coming up next here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. What was billed as a heavyweight bout, Max Scherzer activated off the I.L. Corbin Burns, the reigning Cy Young Award winner. Well, didn't quite materialize for both sides of things. The first three innings, absolutely dominant by both pitchers. Max Scherzer, nine up and nine down. Corbin Burns faced the minimum, just an infield hit and a double play. Both pitchers rolling, but we fast forward to the fourth in a scoreless contest. The things started off pretty honest inauspiciously as a ground out for the first batter of the inning, retired Brandon Nimmo, Lindor singled on a clean liner to left, then Jeff McNeil on a hit and run, grounded one through the middle for a base hit. It put runners on the corners, still with one out though, and Pete Alonso coming to the plate. Furthermore, Burns got ahead of Alonso, one and two. Now how the heck do you get one of the best sluggers in baseball out? He tried to get creative, tried to go with a right-on-right changeup, and well... It didn't quite work out. And a one-two pitch. High fly ball, deep left field. This ball is way gone off the bat is, of Pete Alonso. It's a three-run home run. The Mets are on top three to nothing. Three-run shot from Pete Alonso, and all of a sudden, you felt like the Brewers felt on Saturday. The Mets did anyway. Remember, the Brewers got a three-run homer early with Brandon Woodruff on. They felt like they could coast to the rest of the finish, and... That's certainly how the Mets felt. So the three-run shot kept things going for the Mets in this one. Max Scherzer took that and ran with it. Three up, three down with two strikeouts in the bottom of the fourth. Then in the bottom of the fifth, three up, three down with two more strikeouts. We go to the sixth. It's still just a 3 nothing game, still very much in reach at this point of the contest. A leadoff triple by Brandon Nimmo in the rare back-to-back triple as Lindor followed up with a triple down the right field line to make it 4 to nothing. But there was still an out possibility for Corbin Burns. He got McNeil to ground out, then Alonzo struck out. So with two outs, a man still on third, and ahead 4 nothing. old friend Daniel Vogelback was headed to the plate. Here it is. Vogelback lines one to the gap in left center. It's going to be an extra base hit for him. Lindor is in. Vogelback with a big two-out double. Bob Uecker on the call. That made it 5-0. And then after a walk to Marcana, Corbin Burns' night was done. In the bottom of the sixth inning, man, Max Scherzer made sure to end it in style for his outing. one-two delivery. He struck him out swinging, and the inning is over. Six straight perfect innings for Max Scherzer. He finished up with nine strikeouts today, earning his 200th career win. But not all was lost for the Brewers. As soon as Scherzer exited the game, the offense got itself off the deck. A double by Yelich in the seventh. Then two batters later, Rowdy Telez. One-two pinch. Rowdy, a fly ball, right center field. Back, track, and gone! Rowdy Telez with number 32. And the Brewers on the board. It's a 5-2 deficit. 
They suddenly felt like they were in it. Rowdy Telez ringing the bell again, number 32, as you heard Lane Grindle call it there. And don't forget, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate today at samilwaukee.org. Brewers feel like they're in it, and they quickly got out of it. In the eighth inning, a couple of runs scoring, including the red-hot catcher, Tomas Nito. deals again, swinging a base hit to center. This is going to be another run. Mitchell will throw to the cutoff man this time, and New York adds one more. They chose to pitch to Nito after an intentional walk to Eduardo Escobar, and 7-2 would be the final score in this one. Alonzo takes the headline with a three-run homer, but also Lindor had a two-hit game. Escobar, facing his old team, had a two-hit game. And Dan Vogelback, an RBI double as well. The winner is Scherzer. He's 10-4, and four, win number 200. The loser is Burns. He is 10-8. and eight. We'll wrap things up next on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. All right. Put it in the can. Throw out the trash. Watch the garbage truck come by, pick it up, and it's gone. It's over. The Brewers fall 7-2. Got to rebound tomorrow, though. There's no sugarcoating. I mean, how many Brewers extra innings have we sat here and talked about? Well, tomorrow's a must-win game. Well, tomorrow's a must-win game. Well, it's another one tomorrow. 640 first pitch as coverage will begin at 605 right here on the home of the Brewers. WTMJ, one last uh, couple of texts here. As well, one coming from Matt in McQuanago. One thing that I noticed tonight that I think the Brewers could improve is in the strikeout department, specifically when the hitters were up 3-0. Every time they would hold up on the next pitch, which is normally the best pitch of the sequence, however, they would swing on the 3-1 pitch, which was normally a ball, and then strike out on the next pitch. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's possible they could change something there. Uh, Matt, appreciate the thought. My thought with that, Look, it's Max Scherzer. Uh, Max Scherzer's going to throw strikes. He's going to be around the zone. You're not going to be up there begging for walks. This is a dude that does not walk hitters, period, end of story. Literally, it's it's just he freaks out when he walks, guys. He's a three-time Cy Young Award winner. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I do not hesitate in the slightest saying that. Uh, he's going to finish with over 3,000 strikeouts. I mean, it, the dude's one of the best ever, and he looked like one of the best ever tonight. And the best ever, what they do is when they get behind 3-0, and 3-1 and looks just just appetizing enough, but just well-located enough that they can't do any damage with. And I don't want to be the guy against Max Scherzer in a 3-0 and count that swings at the pitch and doesn't get on base because you know you're going to get an earful from your hitting coach, from your analytics guys, from your manager walking back into that dugout if you're swinging 3-0 and you're retired against Max Scherzer. So it kind of goes both ways. I, I see what you're saying. The strikeouts have been a thing all season long, but the Brewers just got mad, mad max tonight. I, I don't know how else to put it. it. I don't think if it mattered if it was Jason Alexander starting, Brandon Woodruff starting, or Corbin Burns starting like we saw. Mad Max was on tonight, and it was going to kind of be one of those games whoever scored first was going to have the shot and winning this game. And the fact that the first runs of the game were a three-run homer certainly did not help, but I appreciate the text there, Matt. Thanks for participating on the show. Programming note tomorrow, uh, I will not be on the show tomorrow. I am on assignment right now, so uh, apologies for that. No show on Wednesday, given afternoon day game. And then be back with you all weekend long for the Reds. 
uh, out in Cincinnati an hour earlier on the East Coast. And then we will have a show Saturday and Sunday, uh, including Sunday until the end of the Packer game Sunday. So that's just a quick look ahead at the week for the Brew Crew. Again, Aaron Ashby getting the start tomorrow. Ashby getting activated off of the injured list. And, man, does he need to have a good one. If it's two innings, it's two innings. But Ashby has had such an odd year. Remember, he was initially supposed to be the swing man, all right? The fact that he has now suddenly been thrown into this starting role, into a little more than maybe he was expecting. I've talked about a lot the fact that He's only pitched 36 games in the big leagues, 128 innings. By baseball standards, that's not even a full season, depending on his role. 128 innings in the big leagues, you have barely got your toe wet in the water. He's on a team-friendly deal. He's going to be around for a long time, and they would just love to see him healthy, getting things going back on the right track. He's thrown 96 innings this season. He's got a 4-5 ADRA. A 2-10 record doesn't tell the whole story. He's had some weird starts where he doesn't get a lot of run support. He does walk. Walk a few too many batters, but he will strike him out. 116 Ks in those 96 innings. That's good for a 27% strikeout rate. So the Brewers are really looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, in tomorrow's game against Carlos, a.k.a. Cookie Carrasco, for the Mets. Again, coverage beginning at 6.05 right here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Tomorrow it will be the Padres and the Cardinals. Finished starting off that three-game series. That game's in San Diego. Keeping an eye on that. Uh, and also tomorrow, the Phillies will be back in action. They are hosting the Toronto Blue Jays, which obviously is no small task. So plenty of scoreboard watching to go around in these final two weeks of the season. Whew, buckle up. It's not over yet. It's not looking great, but it's not over yet. 15 games to go. I'm Dominic Catronio. For Tommy Wirtz back in our studios, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep on swinging.